All right, turn in your Bible to John chapter 8. And as you're turning today, I want to pray for us uh, and just pray. We're going to have, I, I'm not exactly sure how long I'm going to be uh, sharing on this topic, but uh, the title of our message for the next few Sundays is Loose the Noose, Finding Greater Levels of Liberty or New and Greater Levels of Liberty in Christ Jesus. And uh, here's what I want you to know about where we're heading. Wherever you are is not where God wants you to stay. Say that with me. Wherever I am is not where God wants me to stay. How many of you know he wants to lift you to another level? And especially when it comes to our, our liberty that we have in Christ. And there's a lot in scripture here. I'm going to try to uh, do the, uh, the, the, the method that is some call it the kiss method. Keep it simple, silly boy or something. I won't call you stupid, but we're going to keep it simple. But how many of you know, uh, liberty, God wants to bring us to new levels of liberty. Uh, and, and if you could make a wish list today, if you could, if you had your pen and paper today and you could just write down, here's some areas or an area in my life where I would really like to experience a new level of freedom and liberty in Christ. Think about it. Some of us have issues. In fact, all of us on some level have issues. Look at, I know you, you need to get it off your chest. Just turn around and tell somebody, just say, you know, pastor says you got issues. Tell, tell them, you, you got issues. We all got issues. How many can say, that's right, pastor, I got issues. I got things in my life where it would be great. It would be awesome if I stepped up to another level of liberty and be, began to experience some things. In fact, some of us have got so accustomed to our bondages and our and, and, and the things that bind us, we just think it's normal. In fact, one of my, my one of my favorite movies uh, uh, that I could probably point to is the Shawshank Redemption. Anyone ever? Surely you've seen the Shawshank Redemption. If you haven't seen the Shawshank Redemption, uh, then uh, you know. And and then when I say that, I'm thinking, well, was there any bad thing? I don't think there was. Uh, they play it all the time on TV. But there's one thing about that, you know, and it's about finding liberty from, from the bondage of jail and prison. And there was one, the librarian, I don't remember his name. If you remember the librarian, he had been there for years. Anybody remember it? Brooks. See, there you go. How many times have you seen it? Oh yeah, many times. Brooks was the first one to get out and Brooks could not handle his freedom. And, and he just didn't know how to handle it. He, he had been in bondage so long that he just couldn't handle it. And, and for you that ha let me just, y'all want to see anyone here never seen the Shawshank Redemption? Let's pray for them right now. <laughs> no, uh, Brooks couldn't handle it. Uh, and just as a side note, guys, uh, uh, when, uh, and I, again, the names elude me, there was, who was Morgan Freeman? He was red and then, the other guy who was uh, uh, innocent of his crime, Andy. Red told Andy to meet him where? No, that's where the thing, but in, it was in Mexico at a place I've been before. Zehuatanejo. Anybody ever been to Zehuatanejo? I've been to Zehuatanejo. Red wasn't there uh, or Andy wasn't there. But anyway... Uh, uh, Brooks just couldn't figure out how, he just couldn't handle freedom. 
In some ways, that's the way the Christian life is. We, we, we've been given freedom, but we've been in bondage so long, we just don't know how to appropriate it in our life. And so for the next few weeks, uh, whatever's on your wish list, whatever you're looking at in your life, I want you to scribble it down. I, I would like to experience new levels of liberty in this area of my life. And in fact, you know, some of us, uh, on some level, we all struggle with habitual sins in our life, whatever they may be, selfish issues in our life, maybe even pains and agony and sorrow from our past. How many of you know God wants to set us free from yesterday? He really does. And so there's so many areas. Some of us may carry unforgiveness in our life over circumstances, issues of the past, and, and that's not good. And God wants to set us free. I want you to turn around and tell three or four people, it's time to loose the noose around here. Tell somebody, go ahead. It's time to loose the noose. It's time to shake these things off. We used to sing a song, uh, shake off those heavy bands, lift up those holy hands, and I don't remember how it goes. But uh, we shake off those heavy bands and lift up those holy hands. And I believe that's what God wants to accomplish uh, in our lives in the days and the weeks ahead and lift us to new levels of liberty. And so how many of you want to go, go down this, this road with us this morning? You ready? Lord, we just thank you for greater levels of liberty today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. One of my favorite passages of scripture when it comes to freedom and liberty in Christ is of course the words of Jesus. And in John chapter eight, and I want you to begin to meditate on these passages, not just right now, but today, tomorrow. Uh, in fact, some of you guys at the crawfish bowl, maybe you could, hey, uh, pastor, I want just remind yourself, remind one another of John chapter eight, verse 31 through 36. And here it is. And you've heard it misquoted many times, but here it is. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. Somebody say free. Then he says, Then he and they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, they, they just couldn't quite get it. They were thinking in natural terms of, of slavery and so on and so forth. But Jesus was bringing them a truth that they did not yet embrace and understand that in Christ, we are free, not just from the, 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 you know, the, 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 the bars and the chains, but we're free from the bars and the chains of, chains of this life. Okay. Uh, not of this, but for our eternity and free from sin and all those other things. And so he began to explain to them. He said, Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Catch verse 36. Therefore, somebody say, therefore, therefore, if the son, big S, S-O-N, speaking of Jesus, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free, what? Indeed. I'm telling you, freedom in Christ is more than just, uh, you know, something we kind of experience. And I think 
as we embrace the truths of God in our life over these next few weeks and really all the rest of our days, that we can arise to new levels of liberty in our life. God doesn't want to leave you where you are. He doesn't want you to have to continue to struggle with bondages and weaknesses and, and, and things that bind you and hold you back. And I, hey, I've been around the, the, the track a time or two. Uh, and as I once was young and now I'm old personally as well as experientially with others. There are people, God's people struggle when it comes to walking in the liberty that he has for us in everyday life. Amen. And many people are, uh, are bound by things. And so I want to encourage you today to embrace this thought today and in your own life and begin to make your list and say, Lord, I'm just believing that in the days ahead, in the weeks ahead, and even this week, I'll begin to experience new levels of liberty from, boom, you put it there. I don't want to point a finger at you. Whatever it is that binds you, whatever it is that seems to hold you back, uh, God wants to set you free. Tell somebody else, it's, 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 it's time to loose the noose. One more time. Tell somebody, it's time to loose the noose today. So here we go. I want to kind of give you what I kind of melted it down to. This is where we'll kind of hang out for the next few weeks. Uh, I want to kind of introduce you to what I'll call three phases of freedom in Christ. Three phases of freedom. Phase one, and we're going to explore these over the next few weeks. Phase one is our foundation of freedom. Listen, you're, how many of you know when you're building something, the foundation is hugely important? Could have get a better amen. If the foundation is faulty, in fact, what did Jesus say when it come to building our life in Matthew 7? If you build on the sand when the storms come and the winds blow and they will come and they will blow. How many of you have experienced the storms of life blowing against your life? And, and Pastor Sonny talked about that from the standpoint of the tree and how it grew. And, and if we'll, if we'll just trust God and lean into Him, these storms will just continue to make our lives stronger. But Jesus said, you got to build upon uh, the word of God and the foundation of God in your life is so important. And so the, to the degree, let me just say, to the degree that we lay a good foundation for our freedom will be to the degree that we can begin to build, uh, you know, level by level, story by story, if you will, uh, to, and begin to experience new levels of freedom in Christ. So there's the foundation of freedom. This morning, I'm just going to lay a simple foundation that you're going to have to begin to establish in your life, and I'm going to have to establish in my life. And then we'll look at the next uh, phase of freedom over the next few weeks, and that's our fight for freedom and the fight of freedom. You see, Paul said this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and I, I memorized this as a young, young man. It says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. What's Paul saying there? He's saying if you're not careful, if you don't have your guard up, if you're not resisting the influences of this world, you'll look uh, around one day and you'll find yourself entangled again in the things that Christ set you free from. How many of you have experienced that in your life? You just look around and say, man, I thought I'd never do that. I'll never do that again. Thank God I'm free. Thank God I'm free. I've dealt with people recently who, who, who confess their freedom over addictions in their life and, 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 and they meant well, but somehow they missed 
something along the way and, 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 and now are struggling again with the, uh, the addictions of this life. And so it's a battle. It's a fight. The fight for freedom. When you think about it from a political standpoint and from a religious and spiritual standpoint, even as a nation, how many of you know we had to fight for our freedom? Our nation is free. We're free today because people fought uh, for our freedom. And so the history of America is one great big battle for the liberties that we experience today. And today we're in the middle of a spiritual battle. And, and, And if you look around you, you'll see that the forces of darkness and the, and the yoke of bondage is trying to, uh, uh, reach around our lives as a nation and pull us down and bring us, uh, take us backward instead of form, forward. And so it's, it's a battle. It's a fight. And you and I are going to have to fight for the freedom we have and fight for the freedom that we will yet experience. It's a battle in life. Are you with me? Say amen. And you got to ask yourself, am I up for the fight that, that, that is, that is before me? And so we've got to stand our ground and fight the good fight of faith and move to new levels of freedom. I've, I've learned something in life from a spiritual standpoint. If you fight the fight in the spirit, you'll win. When you begin to lose is when you quit. You just give up and you think, oh, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of fighting. Listen, when you get tired of fighting, you'll just move back and, be, and you'll, you'll look like Paul said to the Galatians. You'll be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. And so that's where we'll kind of hang out for a while because there's some things we need to fight against to maintain and then gain new levels of freedom. And then the last one is this, and I don't know how long we'll stay here, but it'll give you some hope. It's the final freedom, our final freedom. And if you read Romans chapter 8, and I want you to read through Romans chapter 8, we'll be there quite a bit uh, uh, throughout the next few weeks. Uh, but there's a verse, I think verse 21, and as he gets down into the, in verse 18 through 21 and beyond, he's talking about our final freedom. He's talking about one day when Jesus Christ comes again and this life on planet earth is over, that we will experience our final level of freedom. And that's, that's being with Christ in heaven. I'm telling you, uh, I want to bust, bur- I bust, I want to burst out in song, uh, and and I can't remember who wrote that. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So I'll bravely run the race until we see Christ. I'm telling you, whew, somebody say amen. That's our final freedom. That's with when we experience him in all of his glory. And we are separated from the constraints of this earthly, fleshly, sinful life that we battle against. Right now it's a fight, but one day the victory will be completely ours. Somebody say amen. So there's my little thoughts about the three phases of freedom. Uh, our foundation of freedom that we need to continue to strengthen and stabilize and, 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 and make stronger. And then our fight for greater levels of freedom. And so I'm calling us to war today. I'm calling us to begin to fight for new levels of freedom in our life and our families. Listen, parents, if you don't fight for your children, they'll be entangled in the yoke of bondage. Let me say, it's, it's a, it's a process. It's a battle. It's a war that is going on. Uh, and then one day we'll experience our final freedom and see Christ. 
And so with that in mind this morning, if you're in John chapter 8, I want you to stay there because I'm going to show you some, I'll just call them liberty truth bombs. Everybody say liberty truth bombs. I want to give you some truth about the liberty. There's truth bomb. In fact, we could start a new hashtag, liberty truth bomb. Uh, and some of you go, I don't even do that. I don't either, but I thought it was a great idea. Liberty truth bombs from John chapter 8, verse 31 through 36. They're simple, but this is the foundation. Jesus was laying a foundation in these, in these people's lives. If you remember verse 31, he said, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, Okay. They were, they had experienced, uh, the new birth. They had put their confidence and trust in him. And so he begins to lay a foundation for their liberty that they have begun to experience. And here it is. Liberty truth bomb number one. True liberty is only found in Christ. Let's say that out loud together. True liberty is only found in Christ. If you look in John chapter 8, verse 36, it says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, speaking of Jesus Christ, then you are free indeed. There's real liberty. That word indeed means it's really real. It's really true. It's real liberty. You see, some of us are confessing our liberty, but we're not in, in reality experiencing our liberty in the greatest level that God would has, has for us. But the truth bomb number one, liberty truth bomb number one that you and I need to embrace and come into the understanding of that if we're going to be liberated from some of these things on our wish list, our liberty wish list, the things that we battle with, the things that bug us, the things that harass us, that, that keeps us bound, we've got to realize that the only way we're going to move to another level of liberty is through Christ Jesus, our Lord. He says, if you, hey, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. You'll move to another level. And so you and I need to embrace that truth. If you remember in Luke chapter 4, I think I read it last week, Luke chapter 4, verse 18, remember, Jesus, is, uh, his ministry is just beginning. This is his public beginning of his ministry, and he goes into the, into the tabernacle or into the, into the, the, the synagogue, and, and he opens up the Scriptures, and it falls to Isaiah. He knew exactly where he was going, and he read these verses from Isaiah, and here's what it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And then he begins to list some things to preach, uh, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But then he says to proclaim liberty to the captives. Somebody say liberty to the captives. He said, I've come to proclaim liberty to, to the captives. And then he says down another verse or so to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You see, Jesus came to liberate us and if you want to know the foundational core of what he came to liberate us from, he came to liberate us from the constraints and the bondages of sin in our life. How many of you know before you give your life to Christ, you are a slave to sin? We're natural born sinners. All the natural born sinners say, you're talking to me, preacher. Come on. Say, you're talking to me, preacher. We're all natural born sinners. And I say it this way. Nobody had to teach you how to hit your sister, did they, Josh? It just came natural, didn't it? 
Nobody had to teach you how to how to cuss or smoke or chew or go with the girls that do. It just comes natural. We're natural born sinners. We're slaves to sin. And that liberty only comes through Christ Jesus. Are you with me? Say amen. <coughs> in fact, Jesus said this in a kind of a bigger context, but it certainly fits here because what did, what did he say? You'll know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What did he say in John 14, 6? He said, that they were confused. The you know, how many, how many of you disciples have ever been confused? Uh, they were confused about what Jesus was talking about. And he began to say, you know, I'm not going to stay here in this body. He said, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And, and, and they began to get, oh, I don't know where you're going, how you're going, and we don't know the way. And Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one gets, no one can find liberty from the sin that separates us from God except through Jesus Christ, who is the truth. Everyone say amen. So truth bomb number one, true liberty is only found in Christ. You got to realize that you can't find it in any other way. You can find freedom in any, there's a lot of great uh, you know, programs and things to help you shake things off your life. But I, and, and they may, Hey, you don't have to be a Christian to get free from drugs and alcohol. You can find freedom from the, from, from, from just people and things that help you. But listen, freedom on the inside from your sin is only found in Christ. And everybody say amen. So that's truth bomb. Number one, that you and I have to, that has, Come on, let's, let's see it as our foundation. This is the foundation from which I stand, that my liberty from sin, death, hell, and the grave is found in Christ. He is my foundation. He is my cornerstone. And, and my liberty and my new levels of liberty are only going to be found in Him. Everybody say one more amen. amen. Truth bomb number two, liberty truth bomb number two is that true liberty is only found through faith in the finished work of Christ. Through faith in the finished work of Christ. Now, let me just back, let me, let me go at it backwards. What did Jesus say on the cross? What was his last words? Everybody say it out loud, Jim, real loud. It is finished. I may tell you, boom, it is finished. All that he, and then, you know what the rest was up to? It, he had done his work. You know what the rest, it was up to God then because Jesus wrote, rose, he, uh, you know, the power of God came into that tomb and three days later he rose from the dead, but his work was finished when he died on the cross and went to uh, a borrowed tomb and three days later he rose from the dead. So, so true liberty is only found through faith and the finished work of Christ. And the finished work of Christ is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now look at, look at the beginning of these verses that I showed you. It, it, where did he begin? What spurred him and sparked Jesus to begin to talk about levels, new levels of liberty in Christ and, and, and how to get there? He said, Jesus said to those Jews who what? Believe. How many of you know you gotta have faith in the finished work of Christ? Now in there, in that moment and in that, hey, the work had not been finished. 
But understand something, they were putting their faith in the future finished work of what Jesus Christ was going to do for them on Calvary's cross. And so for us today, uh, it begins with faith in the finished work of Christ. And, and you say, Pastor, I knew that. Well, I know you may have known that, but we're, what are we doing? We're laying the foundation here this morning. We're going back and we're establishing the firm foundation. Now, I love Romans 6. Turn to Romans 6. In fact, you and I, we need to hang out in Romans 6 uh, and Romans 8 especially. But Romans chapter 6 uh, is one of my long-term great uh, uh, chapters that really provided truth to me. In fact, years ago, I read a little booklet. I'm, I can't remember who. I'll think about it later. But his little booklet was from Romans 6, and it was no reckon yield. Everybody say no reckon yield. And when you read through Romans 6, there is three steps to experiencing greater, greater levels of liberty. And so we're talking about, uh, hey, liberty truth bomb number two, true liberty, liberty is only found through faith in the finished work of Christ. Let me just kind of hit, walk through this for a second. And you can go back and look at it in more in depth. Romans chapter six, I'll jump in. Oh gosh, I want to read it all. What? Hey, who cares? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know? Oh, look at your neighbor and say, don't you know this? Now, now he's began. Okay, pause. Everybody put it on pause. Look up at me. What did Jesus say in John 8? If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth you know. Okay, now look what Paul is beginning to explain to these Roman believers. He, and in fact, he's clearing some things up about the message of grace. Some people think, oh, the grace of God, we can do whatever we want to. Man, you can just sin in 1 John 1, 9 it. Man, God's grace, we can just do whatever we want. Paul's clearing that up right quick. You know, that's not the way it is. You can't do whatever you want to and throw out your grace card. Okay, so he's clearing that up. He says, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Uh-oh, now we're talking about the finished work of Christ here. Are you with me? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. You see, Jesus, the reason he said it's finished because he had to put his trust in the glory of the Father to raise him from the dead. Once he laid it down, God raised him from the dead. It says the uh, uh, who raised him from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we, having been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Look in verse 6, knowing this. Someone say knowing this. In other words, this is a truth you and I have to lay as the core foundation of our, our life concerning the, the, the price Jesus paid and the finished work. Knowing this, that our old man, that's our sin nature, uh, was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be what? 
Now, that's a truth you and I have to understand and embrace and lay into the foundation of our faith and, and have our confidence. You see, we, we seem to have no problem with uh, our confidence in eternity with Christ. We look to the future and say, I'm going to heaven one day. I put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to heaven one day. Hallelujah. I'm on my way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. Oh, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We have faith in eternity in the future, but the real Hey, the real liberty comes when we look and realize, hey, I don't only have heaven because of what Christ has done. I have freedom in this life because of what Christ has done. You get me? He said that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. There's that faith. I'm dying to myself. And then here it is, verse 9 again. Knowing, there's some things you got to know. The truth you know sets you free. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Here's the reckon that I mentioned. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, here we go now there's where here's where the battle comes in here's where we cooperate with what Christ has done for us on the cross therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust and then he goes on and do not present your members King James says yield do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but yield yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace somebody say amen Amen. i gotta keep reading what then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace there he goes he says it again certainly not do you not know there there you go he said this is what you got to get you got to know this because it's the truth you know that sets you free do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey you are that one slaves whom you obey whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness but god be thanked that though you were slaves to sin yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered and having been set free from sin you became slaves of righteousness and everybody said hallelujah so truth bomb number two is so important when it comes to laying the foundation of freedom and especially new levels of liberty in christ freedom by uh, liberty truth uh, liberty truth bomb number one true liberty is only found in christ number two true liberty is only found through faith in the finished work of Christ. You have to put your faith in what he did for you. And what he did for you is he liberated you. He, hey, from the bondage of sin and you are no longer slaves to sin. You see, now when you sin, if you're born again, did you know why you sin after you're born again? Well, I thought I'm not a slave to sin. No, before you were a believer, you know, you were a natural born sinner, right? You couldn't help it. You just sin. That's who you are. And, and, and we need to understand really when we look at lost, the lost world around us, we get judgmental. Look at them. Those, boy, they're just, hey, they can't help it. They're just sinners. And their liberty is only going to come when they put their faith in the finished work of Christ. 
And so you and I, we have to realize this. We have to know this. I got to know this in my knower. How many of you know there's some things you know here, but they need to drop down to here? Well, I know it here, but I don't know. It needs to drop down in your heart. That's what he said here uh, uh, in verse 16 and, and verse 17. He said, but, but, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you obeyed from the what? Heart. The, the word that you heard. Truth bomb number two, true liberty is only found through faith in the finished work of Christ. He said it three times. You got to know this. You got to know this. This is something you got to know. You better know this. You better know it not only here, but right here. Amen. Truth bomb number three. True liberty is only found in the word of truth that we know. I said it just a few moments ago that, that, uh, that it's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth you what? No, it's the truth you embrace in your heart. Like verse 17 says there in Romans chapter six, I obeyed from the heart. I heard the word. In fact, listen, uh, Paul said in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing the word of God. You hear it and then you begin to obey it. You open your ears to hear. You open your heart to hear. And this morning, listen, as I simply read the scriptures, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's the truth you know that sets you free. And so you've got to begin to uh, uh, embrace it. Look what Jesus, uh, Jesus said. If you go back uh, to John chapter 8, what does he say? He said, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, if you continue, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Listen, understand something. And ladies, especially you for the beginning of this series, this next, uh, uh, tonight and over the next few months, uh, this series is going to help you begin to know the Word of God and then appropriate the Word of God in your heart. In fact, for all of us, uh, in the next few weeks, I haven't got my date exactly down. You'll probably hear about this next Sunday. But we're going to begin a, a corporate church-wide effort called 40 Days in the Word. I'm, I'm telling you, if you abide in my word. You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth that sets you free. It's not the word uh, only that sets you free. It's the word you know. If it was the word that set you free, you could put this. I said this so many times. You could just set this on your head and walk around and go, I'm free. I'm free. Thank the Lord. I'm free. But that's not it. It's got to, it's got to, it's got to drop into our head. It's got to drop into our heart. That's why daily reading and study. And so, you know, when we get into this 40 days in the word, uh, I'm going to just help us uh, begin to understand more about how to get a firm grip on God's word in our life and that word that we begin to know. It will begin to go to work in our life. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. 
That's truth bomb number three that you and I need to understand. Uh, it's not coming to church that sets you free. It's coming to church and hearing God's word and then applying and appropriating God's word in our heart. I love what Jesus, did you know Jesus prayed for you and me before he left planet earth? Read John 17. He prayed for us. I so appreciate his prayer. It's a great prayer. John 17. And one of the great uh, lines in his prayer, he said this in John 17, 17. He said, sanctify them through your truth. Sanctify them, set them apart. Make them holy and right through your truth. And then he says to God, your word is truth. So Jesus prayed for you that this truth bomb number three would be reality in your life, that your liberty is found in the word of truth that you know. That's why Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, handling accurately and rightly the word of truth. Somebody say truth. True liberty is only found in the word of truth that you know. And that's why Paul, Paul, we go back to Romans 6. Paul said, knowing this, knowing this. If you don't know this, it doesn't matter what I'm saying. If it don't drop from my heart out of my mouth into your head and heart and you begin to apply it into your life, it's not going to make a difference. You better know this. You better know it with a, with a, with a knowledge that goes way beyond just I know it here. I know it here. And therefore I'm going to obey it from the heart. Amen. Truth bomb number three, pardon me, number four. True liberty is only found in a lifestyle of following in the footsteps of Jesus. True liberty is only found in a lifestyle. Everybody say liberty is a lifestyle. It's not a one-time occurrence. It's a lifestyle. How many of you have seen people who get out of jail, finally get out of jail, and what's the first thing they do? They go back, commit another crime, and go right back to jail. Liberty was not their lifestyle. What was their lifestyle? Breaking the law, up to no good, mischievousness. But liberty for us as a believer should be a lifestyle of following Jesus. Look what he said. He said, if you can, if you abide in my word, you live in the truth that I have spoken to you. You are my what? Somebody say disciples. You are my disciples indeed. He says this word, he says this word indeed two times. When you, when you abide in his word, your disciples indeed. And then down in verse 38, verse 36, pardon me. He said, if the son makes you free, you're free indeed. He's talking about reality. He's talking about, uh, absolute. There it is. Somebody say, there it is. You know, some of us are believing for greater levels of liberty. We're hoping for greater levels of liberty. But when we began to follow after Come on now. When we began to put our face, uh, uh, like set our face like a flint and say, you know what? I'm not following after those that smoke, chew, and go with the girls that do. I'm not following after my flesh anymore. I'm not listening to the things of this life anymore. I'm going to put my focus. Therefore, I'm going to set my face like a flint because of what Christ has done for me on the cross. I'm going to say nope to dope, no to sin, and yes to Jesus. I'm no longer a slave of sin. I'm a slave of God. I'm going to begin to follow after him. It is becoming my lifestyle to follow him and to experience all that he has for me. It's a lifestyle. 
He said, if you do this, you're my disciples indeed, in reality, not superficially, but experientially. And you'll be able to look in your journey and go, yes, I'm a slave of God, but I am no longer a slave to sin. Amen. That's a truth bomb that all of us need to embrace. And it builds the foundation of who we are. You see, if we build upon our life with wood, hay, or stubble, the storms of life will come. And the entanglements of this life will return. That's why once you get born again, you got to begin to fight the fight and begin to follow after him and read his word. You know, these things are not optional. If you want to experience greater levels of liberty, there's some things that are just not optional. You just got to realize, hey, I've got to, I've got to set my, I've got to, I got to build this foundation in my life. My liberty is only found in him. My true liberty is only found in my faith and what he did for me on Calvary's cross. He died for me, paid a price for me. I was buried with him through baptism unto death, and I'm raised to walk in newness of life. I've got the life of God in me. And Romans 8 says, if that same spirit which uh, raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it'll quicken and raise up your mortal body as well. You'll experience new life in this life. Yes, there will become a final liberty, our final freedom on that day when we see him face to face. Uh, but in the meantime, we have a responsibility to fight the fight and stand strong and grow in Christ and become and move to greater levels of liberty in our life on a daily basis. Amen. I don't know what's on your wish list today. But the truth you know will set you free from that wish list of what, what I wish, I hope, and would pray God would help me with. Because ultimately, listen, we partner with Christ, but He's the one who sets us free. He, he's not going to set you free if you don't want to be free. He, it, it, it's he, he, he's, he's laid the foundation through, through what he did on Calvary's cross, but you and I in this life have to appropriate all that he's done for us and follow him. And as he said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It's not a one-time experience. It's a lifestyle that you and I have to live. And if we'll begin to lay this foundation and begin to fight this fight, we'll find freedom from sinful habits. We'll find freedom from selfish mindsets. We'll find freedom from, from strongholds in our brain. Paul said that the warfare that we experience will help us pull down strongholds in the mind. Some of you here today have strongholds, belief systems based upon what others have told you or what you've experienced in your past that keep you from following into a new level of freedom in Christ. We'll begin to find freedom from addictions of the flesh, addictions of our body. Listen carefully. God does not want any of us addicted to any form of medication or inebriation or drug 
or nicotine or tobacco or alcohol. Now, no condemnation. Hey, how many of you know we all got issues? Let, tell somebody we all got issues. The last thing I'm going to do is start shooting at your issues. But the one thing I will do is, is start exposing them all by the truth of God because God doesn't want you to stay where you are. He wants you to move to another level of liberty. Everybody says, he's talking to me now. So how many of you today, you can say, Pastor, I want, that's what I want. There's a wish list in my life of things I'd love to be shaken free from. You've tried it. You've done this. You've done that. Those are all great. But let me tell you something. True freedom is found in Christ. And today we're going to begin to lay the foundation. I want you to stand with me this morning. We got plenty of time today to appropriate the Word of God in our hearts and in our lives today. So, Lord, we stand together. And, Lord, from the front to the back, the left to the right, and even those who are not able to be here today, we, Lord, all come to you as the family of faith. We thank you that true freedom is found in you. But Lord, you told these new believers who believed on you that they would have to, as well as us, abide in the Word and continue in the Word and follow after you as a true disciple. And that truth we know would set us free. So Lord, today as we lay this foundation, let us begin to embrace these truths these truth bombs of liberty in our own life and lay the foundation for greater levels of liberty in our life in the days ahead. Lord, we lay this wish list before you and we thank you in faith that you're going to set us free. You're going to lift us to new levels of liberty in Christ Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, where it begins is at the cross. Your liberty is found at the cross and someone may be here, you may be here today and just to be honest, you never really experienced that new birth, that freedom from the bondages of sin. You've never really put your faith in the finished work of Christ. You've not been born again. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and there's a question mark about where you're going to spend eternity, you just have doubts of whether you've ever really given your life to Christ. And you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to know for sure that I am His and He is mine and that one day I will experience that final liberty from this life to eternity with you. If that's you today and you can say, that's me, Pastor. Just pray for me. I just need to know that I know that I know Him. Lift your hand wherever you are, and I'm going to pray for you. Anyone here? Just want to know for sure. Amen. Anyone else? Today you can get it settled. See, tomorrow you don't have to wonder if you're born again. Tomorrow you can know if you'll just pray this prayer in faith with me, and then it'll be settled for all eternity. Let's pray this prayer out loud together. Even if you didn't lift your hand and you just have a question mark in your heart, you pray this prayer. Everyone out loud together say, Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for paying for my sin with your own blood. For dying on a cross for my sin. I believe you did that just for me. I put my trust in you. And just as you died, you also rose again by the power of God Almighty. So I could have a new life too. I believe you, Lord Jesus. 
I put my faith in the cross. I put my faith in the empty tomb. I trust you for my eternity. And from this day forward, I know that you live inside me. And I'm your child. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord of glory some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Woo. If you've been born again, born again say glory to God. Amen. Well, that's the foundation. And I want you to begin to realize that as we even move from this place, that that, that next level of liberty in your life, being able to cross things off your wish list of liberty, that, man, I wish I could get the, get the free from that. I wish I could shake that off. Hey, it's going to be found in the fight. You're going to have to fight. It's time to go to work, war against these things that bind us and move to another level of liberty uh, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.